0: the blaze radio network on demand prepare
1: yourself to ingest current events pop culture and politics with a side of latin flair
0: this is the chris salcedo show on the blaze radio network
1: Hour two underway. Glad you've tuned in, everybody, here to the program. The Chris Salcedo Show uh, coming up. Congressman Brian Babin. Well, there's there's something that has happened inside of the legislature, and uh, it's not good. Conservatives will not be happy. We were very distressed that Barack Obama used our military as a as fertile ground for social experimentation. From the gender, uh, from from the taxpayers paying for ge- transgender surgeries, very expensive hormone treatment, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, the, and a lot of other policies that have affected the readiness of our fighting force and the lethality of our fighting force. Now, what? No, Barack Obama didn't care. It made a, it made America weaker, and then Barack Obama assumed, well, mission accomplished. But some people of, of conscience actually wanted to stop all of this stuff and it fell short in the congress and congressman brian bavin will talk to us about that and i plan to talk to him about his uh about his thoughts on the health care debate as well so stick around for that let's get to the flip around shall we uh on days when we do facebook live to lead the show we usually kick the flip around to hour two and let's start off over at fox
0: there all of those that's long gone But there is a pressure that comes with media notoriety or having a very familiar face. He really can't go anywhere, Greg, uh, without drawing attention, and that could be good and bad attention. And I'm wondering, given some of the tight provisos assigned to his parole, whether that could complicate things. Well, Fred Goldman told me after the acquittal in 1995 that O.J. Simpson will someday end up behind bars, and he was right. And I wonder... Today, Fred Goldman is thinking the same thing. O.J. Simpson has a tremendous volatile temper. You can hear it in the audio tape inside that Las Vegas hotel room during the armed robbery and kidnapping. He is in a an absolute rage, ordering uh, the group uh, what to do, and he's angry. And you know, no one leaves this room.
1: Uh, of course, that is a focus of a lot of the press today. What uh, uh, for those of you just tuning in? O.J. Simpson has been released out of prison. He's a free man at 70 years of age. Um, other than what we talked about in the first hour, folks, I have nothing else to contribute. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. Uh, here's a guy who got away with murder, double murder. And that, and he'll, he won't go down as one of the greatest football players of all time. He'll go down as the, the former football player who got away with killing his ex-wife and her friend. That's it. That's his legacy. Over to MSNBS, if we can.
0: Um, There's certainly a lot of questions about whether because he rose to politics through a business background, as did his son in as did his whole family. I, I mean, isn't this an obvious sort of area that the investigation would probe potential business ties to Russia?
1: Well, specifically, we did ask whether it would be businesses not related to the Russia part of it. So, in effect, he was drawing a red line around Russia saying, look, this is supposed to be about Russia if they do business. If they look into businesses that aren't related to that, then I think that would be a violation. But how you define that but can be very But you've lived in murky. Russia. I
0: mean, the Ru- I mean, the, in, in Russia, they don't, I mean, Vladimir Putin is very, very wealthy, not because of his decades-long service in government, but because in Russia, There's no separation between a life in government and the acquisition of wealth. Do you think Donald Trump understands that, at least on the Russia side, you have to follow the money?
1: Uh, This, of course, is this this interview that we mentioned at the top of the last hour that that Trump gave to The New York Times, in which he suggests that Rob Mueller has uh, or Bob Mueller has uh, some conflicts of interests. Uh, And boy, we've been crying about this for an awful long time chief among them the fact that he's good friends with James Comey and also interviewed for the job to replace James Comey I mean this so many conflicts of interest with Mueller but what they're talking about now is that Mueller according to a leak a a leak out of Mueller's investigation which by the way nobody is asking and I I'd love to ask a Democrat Excuse me, uh sir or madam, uh, would you react? And this is how I would phrase it, would you react to the to the revelations that Bob Mueller is expanding his investigation into Trump's businesses? Would you would, would you react to that? And I and of course, I would expect the Democrats to slam Donald Trump. To which I and, and, and if there's anybody listening out there that whoever gets a Democrat in front of them when the Democrat would finish slamming him I would say you know Mr. and Mrs Democrat I uh, I find it interesting that you took the opportunity to to slam the president about alleged dealings that were that were legal between his businesses in Russia and you didn't take time to slam the illegality of leaking information out of a special investigation. Now, would you expect a lawmaker, someone who is supposed to be a a member of our society in good standing, to first say, let me say, first off, uh, Chris Salcedo, that these leaks coming out of this investigation are unacceptable, and we need to find out who the leaker is, and they need to be prosecuted. To the fullest extent of the law. But you're not going to hear Democrats do that. And you won't even hear that discussion on MSNBS. Because they dig the illegality. They love the illegality. And so that that is, of course... And, when, and then when nobody brings up the illegal nature of how these leaks are coming about, oh, this is just, this is just par for the course. Of course, it's... Uh, basically a okay for people to league on Trump. Yes, technically it's a felony, but we're going to look the other way on that. Craziness, absolute craziness. And and, and about this doing business with Russia business, uh, Donald Trump didn't come from the ranks of politicians. He didn't skim his... Wealth off the top of the tax uh, off the top and built the taxpayers for his wealth or abuse his position of authority to to get his wealth. he actually had to go out and earn it and do business and some of that business is international, and the fact that he had business has business ties to Russia, even though I can't name any off the top of my head, but I would imagine the multi billionaire that Donald Trump is and his Business empire. I would imagine it touched Russia and every other nation on the planet at one point or another. I, but what I don't know is I don't I don't know if there's a Trump hotel in Russia. I don't. I, I think we'd have known about it long before now if there was. But at any rate, I just oh, did you have business dealings with Russia? Well, so too did Iran, and, and Barack Obama gave Iran billions of American taxpayer dollars and paved the way for them to get nukes. Did you talk with a Russian? Yes. So is nearly every Democrat in the Congress. This just makes me a little angry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, All right. That's going to do with the flip around coming up next. When we get back uh, the, the home of hate in the United States is it, can we safely say the home of hate now is UC Berkeley? I mean, isn't that a hate-filled, intolerant institution? UC Berkeley? I will explain the latest. Coming up, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. The antidote to the Brian Williams Press. The Chris Salcedo
0: Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: From the Washington Examiner. Welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. Uh, After a spring marked by controversies involving free speech rights, the University of California, Berkeley, has blocked a student-led effort to host a popular conservative author from a lecture this fall. Now, who is this conservative author? Well, he's our buddy Ben Shapiro. Uh it bears pointing out that not only is Mr. Shapiro a died in the will conservative, Mr. Shapiro is also a Jewish man. And I think we are safe in labeling Berkeley the home of hate in the college in the college campus era, uh, among the, the, the college campuses of the United States. They are intolerant. You know, we have observed, uh, not just us, but several others. Our buddy Jack Buckby from the UK, observing this, what he calls a paradoxical alliance between radical Islam and the American left, the extremist left wing. And the growing and toxic anti-Semitism that has found its home inside of the Democrat Party. Not me saying it. Alan Dershowitz, a lifelong Democrat and a Jew, saying it. And he's right. I agree 100%. The home of anti-Semitism in America is now the Democrat Party. That... We called them the anti-Jewish state party because of their support, uh, Barack Obama's support of uh, factions that wanted to change a strong Jewish leader to Jewish leaders who would surrender to radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorism. And we all have chronicled Barack Obama's support of radical Islam uh, through disinformation To the American people into the world. So it is no surprise to me. That here on a college campus. Full of intolerant leftists. Teachers. That they would be churning out tolerant. Intolerant leftist students. Who would prevent not only a conservative man. But a conservative Jewish man from speaking on their campus. In a statement sent to the Washington Examiner on Wednesday evening, Young America's Foundation announced that administration, administrators informed the Berkeley College Republicans in an email this week they were unable to identify an available campus venue to host the lecture, which was slated for September 14th. The administrators identified by YAF as Dean of Students Joseph Greenwell and Student Organization Coordinator Millicent Morris Cheney claimed the lecture was spiked despite extensive efforts. Oh, yes, I'm sure they were very extensive. Ben Shapiro is welcome on our campus, and we are committed to supporting his and your rights to free speech, the administrators contended in their message to students, which was sent Tuesday. Yes, we are so committed we can't find a place for him to speak. Is is this, is this really surprising? I don't think so. I don't think so. It has long been known and is becoming axiomatic very quickly that the most intolerant people on the planet are liberals. The most intolerant faction in American politics is the Democrat Party. So, uh... Not surprising, disappointing, yes, but uh, not at all surprising. Uh, let's go over to CNN, Don Lime. Uh, I, I, I feel compelled until the Salcedo Show audience has this part of its lexicon to remind you who Don Lime is. This is the man formerly known as Don Lemon, the anchor Don Lemon over at CNN. Uh, we call him Don Lime because Don Lemon has had an, well, he has a habit of getting drunk on tequila while the cameras are rolling on on CNN's New Year's Eve celebration. So, what goes better than, with tequila than lime? Hence, his new name, Don Lime. Don Lime was asking uh, Democrat Cory Booker to react to Trump saying that we should let Obamacare. Die Now, there's, there are plenty of reasons why we should do this. And at various points, the Salcedo show is if we can't get straight repeal and we can't replace socialism that is Obamacare with free market, if we can't do that, then let socialism fail as we know it always does. Because you have an America that by and large is repelled by failure. You even have a bunch of millennials, even though they don't know the definition of socialism, they know pain when they see it. And they know failure when they see it. Let, it, it, it and many of them can't be bothered to find news, a news feed to look at the failing socialism in, uh, around the globe or communism around the globe. So let them hit it, let, let them hit it right here at home where they can't miss it and then let their leftist professors try to spin how somehow this Democrat-only law, Obamacare, was somehow the Republicans' fault. They'll try. But anyway, uh, Cory Booker was just flabbergasted and aghast that Republicans would allow the pain from Democrats' efforts to be realized. You know the way it works, folks. Typically, Democrats will screw something up and they expect uh, the grown ups, the GOP, to come in and clean up. Well, the, the bad news for the Democrats is you've got a whole bunch of children now on the Republican side, too. Murkowski, Portman, Capito. Who am I missing? Uh, uh, Murkowski, Capito. Oh, Collins, Susan Collins. How can I forget her? Anyhow, so th- there's not a wide majority of conservative or grown-up Republicans. So now you got the children, too, that, that may, oddly enough, conspire to make the children in the Democrat Party actually feel the pain of something they did. Mommy and Daddy aren't there to bail you out anymore, Democrats. And Cory Booker is just aghast at this
0: i want to get your reaction to hearing the president president trump say he wants to let obamacare fail today doesn't sound like he's interested in working with democrats um and he so that he doesn't own it what do you think of
1: well, well okay well first off uh I, now nobody can blame don lyme for not knowing what the hell he's talking about nobody can blame don lyme for not recognizing that back in december uh chuck schumer said that Democrats would not be helping, that in March that he said Democrats will not help in any phases of the repeal and replace of Obamacare. You've got to forgive Don Lemon for being that ill-informed. Because it's not
0: really a normal day. Yes. It's not
1: really a normal day. Where is that coming from? Uh, Oh, that was (laughs) New York times uh, pop up ad, of course. Anyhow, so you've got to forgive Don Lemon because look at where he works, the home of bias, the basket of bias leader, CNN. But at any rate, he's so let me push back on that premise. Of course, he's being absolutely either misinformed or he's lying his rear end off when he sits there and says, oh, it looks like the president uh, is not going to help out Democrats. Not gonna, he's not going to help. Well, when it's really the Democrats who have said they won't help. I mean, that, that's not just cynical. It's actually sinister. Here is a guy that promised consistently that he was, hey, only I can fix this, that I'm taking, I'm the guy that I'm going to make. Uh, fix it. I, I, I'm sorry, Cory Booker, fix what? I thought Obamacare was the end all be all. You all gathered around President Obama and smiled your butts off. How, what, how much of a great achievement socialized medicine was in America? Fix what? All you Democrats have been running around here the last few months telling us how great Obamacare is. What's there to fix? Healthcare for everybody. I'm going to make it affordable. Oh, it's going to be, I think the word he used was terrific. Well, he's completely abdicated that uh, uh, responsibility, That uh, completely broken that promise. He- whoa, 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 wait a minute. Who broke what promise? Cory Booker, you and your party were saying, if you like your plan, you can keep it. Your doctor, you can keep it. Save $2,500 a year on your health care if we passed your damn Obamacare bill. Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back.
0: The Blaze Radio Network.
1: chris salcedo show welcome back everybody it's chris salcedo show glad you have joined your liberty-loving latino today here don't confuse me with loudmouth leftist latinos i actually love the country lots of fun going on up in the uh, legislature right up in uh, washington dc let's talk about all of that congressman brian babb and he serves the people of the great state of texas in district 36 he served on the house transportation and infrastructure committee and the house science space and technology committee mr babin welcome back to the salcedo show
0: all hey, right thank you chris always good to talk to you my friend
1: oh well thank you sir and i know you, you've got votes scheduled so i'm going to try to be as as quickly as, as, as i possibly can here uh the house votes down a bill to reverse obama era transgender military policies now I have identified this. I know you have and several other folks have said the wrong place to do social engineering is is in tinkering around with it is in the United States military and our national defense. How disappointed are you in this?
0: Oh I'm just uh, just greatly, greatly disappointed and stunned. Well wow. we only lost the vote by five votes. If we could have uh convinced three other ones uh to change their votes. Uh, I think we could have reversed this. We're not through yet, Chris. Uh, This is something we're still working on. I'm a veteran of the Army and Air Force. Uh, My oldest son was a Navy SEAL. Uh, I've talked to numerous military military personnel who have been complaining about this transgender uh, policy, and uh, it is absolutely contrary to what the military is all about. Uh, as you said, social experimentation in our military is the absolute wrong place for this uh, and, and not only from a standpoint of morality uh, but just common sense from a fiscal standpoint we're going do we actually want in these days of shortages and the military shrinking uh, do we want to spend over three billion dollars of the taxpayers' money of our military funds uh, for for elective transgender surgeries I, I don't think so. And then uh, what, I'm, what I'm hearing from some of these the mid-level commanders uh, is that when they're approached by one of their personnel that decides he wants to be transgendered, uh, he immediately has to go into uh, a sequence of events that uh, basically he loses that person uh, for a minimum of two years uh, because of this uh, sequence of uh, things that are going to have to happen, whether it be uh, hormonal therapy the, the actual surgery you have to uh you have to counsel them and uh they don't re- they don't replace these these uh these military members who are who are being transgendered they're still on the payroll you don't get to use them uh, they have uh, hormonal shifts uh with this therapy and mood swings or growing their hair out or uh, who knows what all is going on there. Uh, and they do not, they just simply have to do without that person. Uh, and yeah. we're already in critical shortages right now. So they're complaining very, very much about this. The policy is a disaster, should not be in the military. And, uh, we're not through with it yet, Chris.
1: Well, you know, and this, this, this dovetails perfectly into what I, well, uh, another question I want to talk to you about, I'm going to talk with the listeners after you get off the air is you know what you just experienced with with five people, five. and I'm assuming they were Republicans, uh, not coming on to your side and 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 dealing away with this thing that is. And I've seen the studies that say that this undermines the readiness of our military. Let's let's pivot to health care. You've got uh, Senator Collins, you've got Lisa Murkowski, you've got Senator Portman and Shelley Capito, Senator Capito. It leads many of us to question and i and i don't know why more Republicans aren't questioning what does it mean to be a republican these days. You know the unifying principle of left wing extremism from the other party is uh, it unites them they're collectivists by nature uh but th- there doesn't seem to be a unifying principle in the in the republican party it, it, which leads many of the constituencies to, to ask the question, what do you guys stand for? Are you asking this question of your colleagues up on Capitol Hill? And give us some insight. What does the Republican Party these days stand for?
0: Well, let me tell you something. I thought, uh, I think you can look at most of the platforms of, uh, of state Republican parties and the national platform, and we stand for lower taxes, less government, family values, uh, uh, an increased uh, military uh, back to full strength. Uh, and secure borders; these are the things we believe in and traditional That's what I thought. That's,
1: that's what I thought. But then you've got Senator Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Senator Portman, and Senator Capito saying, "Hey, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, we like all that liberty and freedom stuff, but we want uh, we want uh, Medicaid. We want we want the government. We want the government to continue to subsidize the states and subsidize the tax or the insurance companies with taxpayer money. It's like it's a complete and utter betrayal." It's, it's, it seems counterintuitive to what we were told the Republican Party stands for.
0: Well, and what it's going to do, if we leave the taxes in there and the insurance regs and, and much of the framework of Obamacare, uh, it's going to le- lead to um, you know higher premiums. It's, or at least, let's put it this way, if it doesn't lead to higher premiums, we're not going to get that much of a premium drop. Yeah. Uh, we've got to give people choice. Uh, it, it is insanity for the federal government to decide through through, through these insurance regs uh, what you and your family need as far as insurance coverage. They're mandating these insurance regs require uh, maternity insurance for everybody, uh, drug rehab monies. and These are the types of things that I don't think uh, the average family needs, especially, if let's say, if you're a, a 30-year-old male. Why do you need to have maternity insurance or a 60-year-old woman? <laughs> Uh, yeah, or a
1: 75-year-old male or something like that. No, I, I I, understand exactly what you're talking about. By the way, Congressman Brian Babin is our guest right now, folks. 36th Congressional District in the great state of Texas. L- let me go through a scenario, and I want you to react to the okay. scenario because we, we've laid it out uh, on the program. You're sitting in your office one day, and let's say that this, this Senate uh, idea of adding $70 billion of taxpayer money to this payoff to the insurance companies. And it joins a $127 billion pot of money that's already there. So you're looking at $200 billion. And you're a fiscal Republican, a, a fiscally sane Republican, and you're trying to work to stop all of these taxpayer uh, 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 the, the funding going to a private uh, the private insurance companies. And here comes an insurance representative and says, hey, you know what, Congressman Babin, You know, we had this slush fund set up uh, that had the Congress of the United States uh, extortion money buying down the premiums. For for uh, your constituents here, to the tune of 200 billion dollars, and now we hear, Congressman, you're 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 trying to do away with that taxpayer money coming into our private industry. We would sure hate to see your constituents see an increase in their rates, uh, uh, Congressman, because that wouldn't work out very well for you in your reelection bid. Can you conceive of that scenario if we go down this failed Obamacare road that so many in that Senate want to take us down?
0: well you know it's the way uh, obamacare is simply unsustainable it was foisted upon us uh the democrats uh lied and they were disingenuous the way they pushed it down the republicans and the and the american people's throats and now they're they're trying to tell us uh they're naysayers constantly they're not going not one democrat is going to help us uh and they're saying you need to keep it uh you need to you need to improve it but uh, that's disingenuous because the American people didn't want it to begin with. Uh, it's an abject failure. It's going down. It won't be long before there are no insurance companies in there because there's, they're not going to be able to, uh, to turn a profit. And so uh, I have a, a huge problem with a $70 billion, uh, I call it a bailout fund, uh, mm-hmm. to try to buy these, uh, these premiums down. And if you, could, if you could open up the market and give freedom – and allow market forces to reign supreme and, and uh, have a bottom-up where people will get to, to decide what they want uh, as far as their, in, their insurance policies cover, uh, I think you're going to get a lowering of premiums. I think the government getting involved and subsidizing uh, and, buy, as you said, buying down these premiums is mm-hmm. the absolute wrong way to fix something. Uh, in, the, in the United States of America. We are the home of capitalism. The market works. I agree. I
1: You know, I got about, hey, Congressman, I got about 30 seconds. I'll just uh, give some advice to your constituents and to others out there uh, who are listening. When, when uh, elected leaders say that that $200 billion, uh, what they call a stabilization fund, is temporary, should the American people believe the United States Senate when they say that $200 billion slush fund is temporary? Should we believe them?
0: Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a crystal ball, uh, Chris. But <laughs> all I can tell you is it's very, very difficult, as we're seeing, uh, to get rid of a, a government uh, benefit or handout uh, once, once it's been in effect for a while, we've had uh, Obamacare for seven and a half years. We've campaigned yep. to get rid of this thing, I and know, uh, I know. we absolutely must. Failure is not an option here. We must deliver the pro, on the promises that we've made, and uh, the senators need to to, to pa- pass a reasonably conservative uh, a bill that will give freedom uh, back to the American people and lower premiums for uh, right. for, for U.S. citizens. Congressman
1: Brian Babbin, everybody, 36th Congressional District in Texas, sir. Appreciate the time, as always. Get to those votes, sir. Uh, And we appreciate you being here.
0: Okay. Thank you, Chris. God bless.
1: All right, folks, when we get back, uh, we're going to discuss what we put up on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page uh, last evening in preparation for today. And it's not going to be just one day of discussion on this because uh, I'd like you guys to show up on the Facebook page and give your thoughts. I'd like to hear your thoughts if you feel compelled to call. And many of you tell me that uh, you're not able to call because you're at work, but, which is fine, 888 thirty three ninety three. But here's the question. What is a Republican? What is a Republican? Is that because of the goings-on in the last few weeks and, and maybe, maybe the last few years, Can we can we start to say that term is meaningless? And what does that mean for the future of this country when there is no longer a conservative party? Or is it time to bring a conservative party back to the political stage if The conservative party is no longer the Republican Party. We'll discuss it next on The Salcedo Show here on The Blaze.
0: Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at
1: ChrisSalcedoTX.
0: Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo show on the blaze radio network.
1: All right. Welcome back, everybody. This, this is going to be something we're going to be developing through next couple of days, maybe weeks, depending on your feedback. It's pinned to the top of the Chris Salcedo show, Facebook page. And I said discussion on tomorrow's show, but it's, it's actually going to span several shows. And I will share with you some of the feedback you guys give on Facebook if you want to call and talk to me about it. And here's here's how I phrase it. Given Senator Collins, Murkowski, Portman, Capito, does the GOP have a core? What does the GOP stand for? Is this their party or is it yours? And that last question Isn't isn't me saying, oh, you know, take back your party or or anything like that. that, That's not the nature of this of of that question. The nature is, do the values being exhibited by Senator Collins, Murkowski, Portman, Capito, who seem to be running the show, they're running the show. And they call themselves Republicans. do they meet your values? And, you know, we hear, you know, Mitch McConnell, is <laughs> you know, a big tent, a, a big tent, a big tent. You know what big tent is synonymous for? No core. No unifying principle. What is the unifying principle for the Republican Party? As Congressman Bavin said, I thought it was small government. I thought it was family values. I thought it was more empowerment to people. Turns out, no. Turns out the Republican Party is populated with leftists. Turns out the Republican Party is populated with a bunch of statists. Turns out the Republican Party is populated with uh, people like uh, Senator Collins who thinks it's completely appropriate to redistribute wealth and it's the government's job to do it and doesn't believe in individual merit, doesn't believe in the values that you and I believe in. State control of all manner of issues rather than power residing in the people. Or, at the very least, the states that are closer to the people. So, I, I really got to think you now because I I look at the other side, and man, I mean, Barack Obama, Chuck Schumer in twenty fourteen, we played the soundbite for yesterday. He gets out and says, "Yeah, we 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 paid attention to the wrong thing. We paid attention to Obamacare. That was the wrong thing." I haven't heard that since. You can't find these Democrats parting with uh, something their leaders do. They just don't do that. They're they're unified in passing destructive policies. What unifies a Republican, if anything? Remember, everybody, society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow for a Friday. You're listening to the Chris Salcedo
0: Show. Part of Generation Plays